everyone. You've landed here at the Tuneful, Beatful, Artful Music Teacher podcast. One thing I love doing is talking about what music teacher life is like, so I'm glad you're here to join me. So for today's Keeping It Real, I wanted to be kind of positive, which I admit I am not normally want to do. But if you've been listening to the podcast, you may remember last season my talking about wanting to connect with the students more personally and individually. And just today, I had um, maybe three or four fantastic moments with students who I might honestly label as difficult. I'm not sure what happened so much today, but in different places in the school, they came up to me, gave me a huge hug and just big smiles and were like, we love you, Dr. Strong. And I was so thankful because I felt like these efforts to reach out to these kids more they're really, they're being felt by the students. I don't want to say they're paying off because I'm trying not to do it for some reason to benefit me, although it's nice because it does make me smile and feel good. But I want them to know that I truly care about them Um, and not just them as musicians, but them as human beings. So it was very nice today to have those interactions with those students. Today, we're listening to the second part of my conversation with John Feyerabend, discussing the upper levels of his conversational solfege program. This discussion was really interesting for me, as a teacher who doesn't really work with the big kids, to hear about John's plans for developing musical independence in this important group of musicians was exciting. I especially enjoyed hearing him lay out the way he moved through conversational solfege with his junior and senior high school choirs and even with his undergraduate students. That really is exciting and cool stuff. So let's listen in to part two. So now that we've kind of gone through what's in the book three, yellow book, and when you say upper levels, that's what we're talking about. Book three three. and... Book four. Book four, which we're just going to allude to right now. I can tell you what's yeah, in book four. I, I know what's say. in book four. But upper levels is three and four. And the harmony and improvisation Which book. is a separate thing. See, I it's thought it was books. the same thing. I thought these two things counted. So we're talking. So we've got the yellow book. On its way is book four of conversational but soulfish. But before that, the harmony and improvisation oh, book harmony will be out. It, oh. That's going to be out by February. But is that in between those two? It can be it's, used. It can be used at the same time. Book three can be used. Uh, it can be used at the same time. I'm encouraging. To okay, be so used let me think. Same time. Let's Missy simplify this. We have conversational solfege one and two. Book one is the purple book. Yes. That's the one. Every you're laughing. Starting that, in second that's grade. That's exactly not well, before second grade. Not before second grade. Starting when the kids are ready for it. Yeah, exactly. Often might in be second sixth grade. grade. Yeah. So we have the purple book. We have. Level two, which is the orange book. Yes, I'm saying it by color. And now we have... So when you go to get trained as a teacher uh, and you want to get a certification from fame, you get conversational solfege levels one and two. That's what we're talking about. Then you can also get conversational solfege upper levels, which is now book three, the yellow book. 
the upcoming book four. Book four. The uh, I don't, we don't know, know what color, color yet. yet. And then another book, the Harmony in Improvisation book, which is coming out soon. And that kind of over our you know goes over the upper levels books. Yes, right? I used the Harmony Improvisation book in two of my courses this summer okay. with the class, and they all got copies with the grown-ups. With with my yeah, yeah, the students, the ones that were doing Fame certification. Mm-hmm. If you did Fame certification upper levels, I gave you a copy of this. Luckies. Book. Yeah, they got nice. the new book. But it's in rough form still. Yeah, uh, it needs to be prettied up by GIA, but all the content is there. Okay, so. That is kind of... 500 pages. Get out, isn't it? It's huge. <laughs> what? So, I know. i got to figure um, out something. <laughs> That's okay. Nothing wrong with a big I book. I think I'm going to have two. I'm, like I talked to volumes? Tom Hawley about this. No, it's going to be one volume. One's going to be the pedagogy and one's going to be the collection. Because oh. right now it's either integrate the songs into the book or put them in a oh, separate Oh, I book. see, I see, I see. Right now they're integrated into the book, which is why it's 500 pages. Right, right. But if I take the songs out... And I have the pedagogy yeah. in one book and the songs in another. It's two idea. books of 250. Because hmm. half of that's the song collection. Okay. All right. So, okay. So now that we know what those, you know, what's available to a teacher who wants to learn everything there is to or know. Or will be available. <laughs> right. What's on the horizon? What's here? Um, I would say that at this point in the history of fame, most of the people you're working with and with whom you're working and the teacher trainers are working are early childhood elementary school teachers going into middle school, maybe the beginning of middle school. Most of us are probably only going to get through book one into the orange book, book two. What about the people who are lucky, who get to kind of go further with their students? What considerations are there for them? So let's say you have a, you have somebody who's working with kids who they've done first steps in music and they've done, up to half of the orange book, level two, conversational solfege, yes? What are they going to encounter moving forward as they finish off the orange book and go into the yellow book? We've talked about the concepts. Is there anything new? I know in the orange book we talk about movable dough, yes? That it can move around. Right. And we introduce key signatures, letter names. Right. Is that it? I'm, I can't think. Of yeah, and then as far baseline. As yeah, ba- baseline. Baselines, the intonation charts. Okay. You know, tuning. Okay. And you're saying that in the orange book, it's just tonic and dominant, the baselines. Baselines. And so tell me one more time a little bit about how that changes or yeah, morphs. In, in the third book, the yellow book, uh, we add subdominant. So the baselines will have three possible notes. And some of them I'll teach by rote, and others I'll ask the students to, quote, find the baseline. Okay. And again, I use this advice to them. Most songs are 90% accompanied with tonic and dominant. So most of the time you're going to be choosing between do, so, do, so, do, so. But if a moment comes along where neither of those seem right, try fa. Hmm. And that's about as frequent as subdominant occurs. Right. If you don't think about subdominant, just think about tonic and dominant, and, and you run into a moment and go, oh, neither of them sound right, that's where you, subdominant You might as well belongs. try this one. But I wouldn't just treat subdominant equally to tonic and dominant. Right. You'll be constantly landing on the wrong note. <laughs> sure. Because it doesn't happen very right. often. It happens much less frequently in right. songs than tonic and dominant. Okay. And that's in the third book. So we introduced fa as a possibility in the bass line. Okay. And then we have the looks like, so- the, the meter the cons- meters. consideration. All those meters are introduced. And then the concept of extended 
All the rest of the diatonic tones are introduced. Okay. That songs can end on la minor. Okay. And that songs can have an eighth note upbeat. And the big way to teach that in the book is to say, for the first time in your life, you're going to hear rhythm patterns that do not start undo. That's crazy. And that's all. That's how it is to explain it. That's what an eighth. What's an upbeat? Right. Patterns that do not start undo. Hmm. And because they're functional syllables, you can make a simple statement like that. Right. And it I works. I couldn't do that with Tan Titi. Nope. Because it starts with everything. Yeah. Not everything could be anything. Right. Okay, so. so that's kind of what's happening there. Now, let's talk about the people who I'm finding more and more of them, which gets me super excited. More people who are saying, hey, Missy, I want to use this, but I'm a middle school teacher. I'm mm-hmm. this. I'm, you know, I'm. what about a high school teacher? What about... So what would you say to these people? I'm really excited to me talk too, about that age. Too. And I hope that middle school and high school teachers will come to find out. Um, they, it's almost a special class for them because they need to be taught book one and two. Right. Uh, most middle school, high school teachers will inherit their students from a variety of schools. Mm-hmm. A few districts are going to be so coordinated that all the elementary teachers are teaching book one and two, feeding book three to their teachers. That's just rarely going to happen. So even if you're in a school district where book one and two was taught in the elementary school, the middle school teacher or the high school teacher still needs to review book one and two. Uh, there'll be new kids that have moved in, um, do that review uh, of book one and two material. It goes quickly. I'll explain the timing in a minute. Um, and then get on to book three, which those students that already had book one and two, all right, that's a review for them. The others that did not have book one and two, well, they're catching up. And then we can move on to book three and probably book four in a year. The, the, there are big differences in middle school and high school uh, because now the students meet every day. Right. And that's a big difference. And they're older. So again, I was a K-12 teacher, so I had this experience of teaching this to every different grade level. And yes, in the elementary school, we made great progress. We met, my classes met twice a week for 25 minutes, and I was on a cart. So mm. I went down the hall and went into a classroom for 25 minutes. John Fire minutes. Oven on a cart. That was, that that's a... all I ever had. I never had an elementary music classroom. Are you serious? I never taught in an elementary <sighs> classroom. I only ever taught off of a cart. And then I did have a music room for junior high and high school. Right. Uh, a choir room. Because nobody would ever do that for the high school uh, no, people. Well, that's not Well, that actually, I was, in, I was in a basement storage room. Oh, ooh. okay. <laughs> that's, All right, That then. was the choir room. <laughs> All right, it was a, it pipes. It was fine. Banging steam pipes. <laughs> it was always warm in the winter. Yes, yes. Anyway, um, so middle school and high school, It's I approached it the same. Um, my 7th and 8th graders were in a middle school choir, and my 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade were in a high school choir. I had two different high school choirs. That every day we met, and I spent the first five Occasionally up to 10 minutes, never more than 10, and not usually more than five, but somewhere between five and 10 minutes we spent on literacy. So, all right, here they are, the bell rang, let's do our vocal warm ups, let's do our stretches and back rubs, and now let's sit down and let's do five minutes of literacy. Here's how it went. Um, and I wrote this down somewhere. Uh, Monday, let's take any, let's, in the first week of school, 10th grade choir. Monday, we're going to learn songs from unit one. And I'm going to echo patterns at step two. So we did step one and two on Monday. I might even do a little bit of step three on Monday. Step three is simply, what's this? Bum, 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 bum. And they go, do, day, do, do, day, do. If they're ready, I might try that on Monday. Tuesday, they're back for choir, warm up, back rubs. All right, time for literacy. Let's review the songs we learned yesterday. Let me re-echo some patterns from step two. Let's decode some of the step three patterns. And let's see if you can decode by phrase the songs we heard yesterday. So phrase by phrase, I would ask them to decode step three. And let's decode something you've never heard before, step four. That happened on Tuesday. 
<laughs> on Wednesday, let's review steps one, two, three, four, and improvise. Wednesday was always improvisation day. And after we improvised for a little while, I would say, and today I'm going to show you what the notation looks like. So I would introduce step six and just have them echo while I showed the notation. Right. Thursday, let's Sheesh. review everything that we did and let's look at that notation I showed you yesterday and see if you can decode these patterns, step seven, right. and the songs you already know, step seven, which was no problem at all. They're older. They, yeah. they, they remembered it from yesterday. And let's see if we can do, dabble a little bit in some sight reading. So some step eight patterns, a song. How long does it take to sight read a song? Yeah. 20 seconds. Maybe. You know. So, we, so let's do two songs, another 20 seconds. That's it. And Friday was always writing. So we reviewed everything on Friday and we did steps 9, 10, 11, and 12. Like I used to joke, well, on Fridays we have a spelling test. <laughs> right. So you get your vocabulary on Monday and on Friday you have a spelling test. Right. And so we did that. So we did a unit a week. You're, just gonna, you're living the dream. A unit a week. And after 36 weeks of the school year, we had finished book one, two, and three. We went off to contest and sang in the festivals and got perfect on our sight reading scores. And these were junior high and high school kids that had never had one ounce of notation. Oh, my word. High school teachers, listen. Had never had one ounce of no, and it was taught the right way. Right. They all had kick-ass ears. Yeah. Just and, of course, the intonation exercises that are built into conversational selfish only benefited the high school choir. Right. They started learning how to tune a note to another voice part, how to listen for the bass line, how to improvise within the bass line melodies. The second year they came back and I had the same kids in the choir again, we did the whole thing all over again. Right. And we're doing unit one again, but we're going to add in a little bit more improvisation. Right. We're going to put a little bit more stress on improvisation this year. So the second year, we did the whole thing all over again, all 36 units again. And the new kids in the choir caught on very fast. Everyone did just fine, sight reading most of the choral music. I mean, I feel like I'm sitting here with my mouth hanging open thinking, I wish I knew this sooner. Middle so school and high school. People. So I think middle school and high school people would be especially interested in this upper levels class. The problem is I start right out, boom, in book three. Yeah. So middle school and high school people somehow should take the conversational soulfish book one and two Absolutely before this. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't hurt for them to take the first steps class right. just so they have the whole understanding. Why not understanding. just do the whole thing? <laughs> uh, but I could see middle school and high school just doing the two conversational classes. Yeah, because somebody just wrote me and said, how... How can I get my middle and high school colleagues on board? Like, what things can I say? And I always think, you know, you've heard me say, get them in the room with John. If you can get somebody in the room with John, he's going to convince them quickly. I have this weekly scheduled written out. I'll give you a copy yes. before you leave today. Yes, yes. It's how to do this in a middle school, high school choir. Right. And then, of course, you know, for seven years, I taught strings with the Suzuki program. And I used conversational soulfish for teaching strings. And I watched how it unfolded. We just did ears for a while until they were far enough along that we could apply it to the instrument. And then we applied it to the instrument. Okay. It all worked just fine. So, and what about a college professor? Oh, well, good. Thank you for that. As I said, I taught college solfege for 30 years. Yeah, I remember that. So, in the summer times, it was part of the Kodai program, but during the school year, it was part of our undergraduate solfege curriculum. So let's look at what that looks like. That's a class that a, typically, a typical college student would take three times a week for 50 minutes. Monday, Wednesday, Friday class at 9.30. So you take this three-day class. We did a unit a day. <laughs> That's crazy. So they came for 50 minutes, and I said, okay, because they were there for nothing. You know, we say in the elementary school, oh, no more than half the class on, on literacy, right. and the other half is doing joy. Well, I'm sorry, but this is called solfege. Right, right. So we're not here for the fun and games. Yeah. We're here we're for here the solfege development yeah. 
So we spent the whole 50 minutes Literacy. and we would learn a couple songs and then I would introduce the syllables and they would decode and we would improvise in the middle of the class and I'd show them the notation halfway through and let's see how that applies and let's read some of the songs we heard earlier in the half hour and let's sight read a couple All things, right. do some dictation. Goodbye, tomorrow we're on to a new rhythm. And we did a unit a day. Sheesh. That's crazy. So by the end of the semester, we had finished book one, two and half of book three. And then we did second semester, book three and book four and harmony and improvisation. That was my Solfege 1 and Solfege 2 class. So I have a question. Why isn't every middle school, every high school, and every they don't college know about doing this. this? Well, we got to tell them. They don't know about then. this. Let's tell them. I, I just had somebody in a class who was saying her fiance is a high school teacher. And, and she's like, he wants to do something. And it's so funny. I didn't know what to say. I was kind of like, well, it feels like they have to start at unit one. But then is that a weird thing no, to say? No, they have to start at Unit 1. But when you say it, it just makes perfect well, sense. And you know, when I taught middle school, high school, I took the the patterns and the songs from book 1, 2, and 3. Right. And I took the words out. So they were just tunes. So no one in middle school, high school wanted to know that they want, had... I didn't have to care that they were singing Lucy Lockett. Right, I, right. I don't do Lucy Lockett. Right, Classic right. key or Yeah, whatever. like a little kid song. A little, it, but it was a tune. You sure. know, and it was a tune that we could practice, whether it was a classical theme or a folk tune. So I put those all into that book. There's a book called The Book of Tunes for Beginning Sight Reading. Right. And that's for steps six, seven, and eight. Oh, so the teacher you. would do steps one through five and then pull out the book of tunes for beginning sight reading for parts six, seven, and eight. Right. Everyone just had one of those books under their chair. Oh. So I'd say, open to page 18. Let's do the patterns. Okay. You know what I want to do? Tell me if... Hopefully we haven't mined all of this, but I would like to do another episode just talking to you middle school teacher, you know, you upper level, you high school teacher, and let's slow it down and go through it. All right. Are you willing to do that? Yes. There's also another choral technique that I learned from Arpad Darash. He's a Hungarian at the University of Southern South Carolina. Wait, say his name again. Arpad Darash. That's um, an awesome name. Go on Facebook sometime and look up a video called Singing Hands. Singing Hands. Hands. It was made in the 60s. Okay. Uh, this Hungarian leads a non-music major choir at the University of South Carolina and shows how he teaches non-majors to sight read using the Kodai approach. He does an awful lot of hand sign stuff. Right. But still, the, the idea that students can become fluent sight readers with no background. And he, ta I, we're, I, he taught at Silver Lake some several summers. And so I was able to sit in his classes and get to know him. And he used some really interesting techniques I call the clapping technique for guiding his college students through reading at Coral Octavo. And it's a, it's a little bit complicated, so we won't go into it here. But it was yet, I used that also. When I taught middle school and high school, we did our first 10 minutes on conversational solfege stuff. And then when we were looking at Coral Octavos, I used Arpad Darash's hand clapping technique for sight reading Coral Octavos. And that's just a whole other thing middle school and high school teachers should know about. Okay, because, okay. And of course, our new choral series that we will be unfolding in the next year, which is First Steps in Choral Music, is going to be music that is accessible and readable. So we're looking for... Wait, you're saying First Steps in Choral Music. In choral music. Can you talk about that a tiny bit? Uh, GIA has okayed the, the development of a line of choral music that uh, called First Steps in Choral Music. And it is to be uh, easily accessible music for the unauditioned choir. 
It is so that all children can experience what it's like to be in a choir and not just those that are good enough to get picked to be in choir. So what's the differential here? Then? It's like- profundity and simplicity. Oh. That I, I have a list of guidelines for auth composers. Uh, hey. They say things like, um, must be learnable in two rehearsals. Wow. Uh, the melody cannot be in the accompaniment part. Um, it, it should be, of course, in a good singable key. It's ideal if some of them, they don't all have to, but I hope some of the choral pieces will be referenced from Conversational Book 2 and 3. Right, which would be awesome. So that we can say, now let's see a choral arrangement of yes. that piece of music. And they'd be able to sight read. By that time they finish Book 2, I'd like some of these pieces to be readable at the Book 2 level. So children could then be reading real music, not just little folk songs. Oh, there's so much. We already have a couple of people that have submitted, and I'm very impressed with the first yeah? examples that have arrived. Okay, so when are we talking about? Summer. Uh, certainly, maybe before summer. We'll see how many we gather up. I don't want to just So maybe start it in with the one. next year-ish. <laughs> well, within the next year, you'll be hearing GIA is going to start a new line called First Steps in Choral Music. Because there's a whole other podcast I want to do called What's Coming Up. Like, there's so many things. I know, and I, I each year I go... More new stuff. Right. And then what's funny is people think I know these things and I can't, it's like with the upper levels books. I was like, well, I know there's a uh, yellow one and I know he was talking this about this the, other thing. And then I would say, I don't know if the yellow one is really And when the, the harmony thing. improvisation book is done, the piano book is next. Okay, that's the one I'm getting a lot of questions yeah, about. I know, well, it's coming. And the fox went out on a chilly night will be out on Valentine's <sighs> Day. I've just seen the final paintings for that. Unbelievable. I'll Wait, show do them we know what the leave. next one? Oh, yeah, I'm meeting the kids next week. Do, I, have they already been working on it? They, they, they First day of school is next week, and the teacher has had the song and the recording, the have MP3 of it. Have we told anyone what the song is yet? The swapping song. <gasps> the swapping song. That's a really fun I song. I feel like I heard that already. So it's, that, on, it's in my book. That's, it's, that's it's, not like a breaking news story. I was trying to have a breaking news. Oh, that swapping, news. yes. Yeah. The swapping song. It's a very fun little song. What about the next one? The one after swapping song. I've got a list of five or six more that I want okay, to do soon. Okay, you haven't decided. But I have, to, I have to pick. All right. Let's get well, through the swapping yeah. song. I haven't even finished Fox Went Out on a Chilly Let's Night Let's let yet. Jeremy pick the next You know, in Fox <laughs> Went Out on a Chilly Night, I think teachers are going to... Um, I don't know how to say this. Um, it's about a fox. It's the real life. It's nature. Right. And what sure. does the fox do? Uh, he the goes fox goes and get gets some, a goose. Get That's what foxes ge- do. Right. Foxes go get geese. And the fox brings the goose back and right. feeds the family. And Which is the, how it works. And the little kitties say, Daddy, thank you. That was so good. Go back and get another one. Right. So in this, the illustrations, which are stunning. Are they? You're going to see a fox go break in and get a goose and steal the goose and bring the goose home. You're going to see a roasted goose right. on a table. And you're going to see all these little foxies with nibbling on bones. Right. Well, and I, I think some is. people are going to have issues with yeah. that. And, and they don't have to use it. And they, they don't have to use they it. They don't have to use it. They don't have to use oh, it. Oh, I can't wait to see it's it. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All this right, is well, the first one that's been cool. entirely done on a computer. The art oh, really? has all been computer done. Is that just for this one or is that a new thing? No, it's just every t- student is invited Different. to choose. Right, right, right. And this particular student said it's her favorite medium to work in. So she wanted to do computer How art. How cool is that? And uh, she, will the book, when does this book come out then? A Valentine, February. Oh, so it will be out by the time the Fame Conference is yes. happening. We GIA likes to release the new picture book every year at TMEA. TMEA. So it'll be ready for TMEA. 
what about the instrumental methods? Is uh, there an maybe. instrumental? Well, but Carol, we, that's not like... Carol Swinkowski is writing a handbook for band directors. Right, we think, think instead of a methodology book, we're just going to write a handbook, which that's is just, here's how to make this work in a band. Right. Which is, we have something like that in the Fire Robin Fundamentals book, yeah. which I always point people to. Exactly. You know, in, in the absence right now of a piano book, Go to this book, and it will explain. And the recorder book will do that as Same well. Same thing. Yeah, I Same think thing. the recorder book, you could cross off the word recorder and write xylophone. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been Violin. kind of saying to people. <laughs> Guitar. Right. <laughs> you could just cross it off, and it's any instrument. You know, the only real difference when I taught strings was keys. Yeah. I used conversational book one, two, and three. Right. And I said, instead of key of F, do key of G. Right. So it's not a book about, like, techniques for string no, I say G, it's key of D. I meant to say key oh, of whoops. D. Strings start in key of D, uh, and oh, then okay. do key of A, and then do key of G. So in my book, for voices, I did F, G, and then D. For strings, I do D, A, and then G. Okay. Because that was those were the keys that violin, viola, cello could do best. I also have a recorder, a guitar book I wrote that goes with that because these were all Suzuki kids and there was Suzuki guitar in the group. But their keys were different. They did G, D, and C okay. as their keys because those were the easier ones. Right. So that's all there is for the instrumental application. It's the recorder book. Yeah. Pick the key that's right for the instruments. Right, right, right. But I do think people, it's like me. I would, If I were doing that, which I'm thankful that I'm not anymore, but if I were, I would want... You know, something that I could made life a little easier. I'm not going to lie. But you're right. The philosophy is there already. And maybe someday. Somebody will. Somebody not maybe. Will. I think they will. Uh, it's, they it's, will. it's not on my Immediate horizon. mind to do that. Yeah. But I, if somebody else does it, that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you could sign off on it. I would like to do that. <laughs> if it had your name on it somewhere. Um, well, thank you. I'm, I don't teach these things, but I'm excited. I think that we're going to come back. We're going to circle back. I want to do these. I want to do an episode about let's help the you know middle school and high school teachers that want to do this. Slow it down yeah. and talk through that. I want to talk about the Harmony and Improvisation book. Yes. And book four. Especially the Harmony and Improvisation book for middle school, high school. Although upper grades, elementary could dabble in it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying like this is the progression I would like to do. The first talk about... Let's help these middle school and high school people who want to do something now with conversational solfege. Then let's talk about how the Harmony and Improvisation book could fit into that yeah. and for some elementary teachers. And let's talk about book four right. and what's coming up. Okay. So thanks for writing all this stuff. Oh, know? I have to. You know, it's, I I, it's, it's compulsion. It's, I, it, I, you I, have I, a compulsion to do that. I have a compulsion to talk to you about it. So you see, well, it all works out works well. works out real well. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. I'm as always, grateful for your work, and thousands and thousands of children are benefiting, and grown-ups, too. I hope so. So, thank you. You're welcome. So, before I go on any further, all you middle and high school and college teachers, go get you some FAME certification this summer. It's not just for the little kid teachers. And, speaking of my elementary brothers and sisters, can you believe that John never taught in an elementary classroom? I know I was surprised to hear that. I myself taught on a cart for the first four years of my career, and actually six, really, because when I came to my new school, I spent um, some time on a cart, half and half, half in a room, half on the cart. So that kind of makes me feel more like a sister to John that we struggled through together with that. 
Anyway, and how about talking about that new First Steps and choral music series? That was a bombshell for me. A line of choral music, easily accessible so that all kids can sing in a choir, and a band teacher handbook coming out, and a piano method book in the future. Sometimes it's just overwhelming. And I'm very excited. I don't like to wait, but I'm trying to stay thankful that there is so much fantastic stuff coming down the pike for us. And I'm just saying, no one has asked me a question in a while. So I'm going to put out a call for you to ask me something, and I'll try my best to answer it. So please send your questions to tunefulbeatfulartfulpodcast at gmail.com, or you can catch me on my Twitter account, DocStrong26, or on our Facebook page, The Tuneful Beatful Artful Music Teacher. Our podcast is generously supported by the Feyerabend Association for Music Education. You know I'm going to ask you, are you a member yet? If not, why not? It's really not that expensive, and as I love to say, the benefits are growing more and more every month. Plus, we have our 2020 conference coming up in Philadelphia, and you can get the member's discounted rate if you come. Please visit fireobinmusic.org for more information. If you'd like to find out more about Dr. Fireobin and his programs like Conversational Solfege Upper Levels or any other of his resources, please visit giamusic.com slash And of course, head over to our Fireobin Fundamentals page on Facebook, where we have a community of over 10,000 teachers talking every day about what it means to teach music and especially talking about the work of John Fireobin. If you haven't done so already, may I please ask you to subscribe and review the podcast wherever you listen. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope it was encouraging and thought-provoking and helpful. Please remember to keep doing all you can to create a more tuneful, beatful, artful world.